It's quite exciting. Todd, I'm sorry to say this, but after scrolling through both of your letterbox, well, we'll do this on the podcast. Okay, well, let's okay. just... Uh... <laughs> Hi, this is a terrible place to live. Uh, I'm John Bauer, and uh, my co-host David Damari. Hello, that's me. Um, so this has been a long time coming, and that <laughs> recently, I think before the last episode, John watched a movie called The Social Network. I watched half and, of it. Yeah, he he hadn't finished it because he's a baby. And he doesn't have the attention span to finish a movie. Um, so then I confronted him about it because I was like, it's not so bad that you can't finish watching it. And in fact, it's pretty good. Like, it's all right. Um, I enjoyed it. I think I gave it like four stars. Um, so then I talked to my friend Daniel about it. I was like, okay, because this is his favorite movie. So we brought him on to confront John about his weird taste. And last night, John watched the entire movie. He finished it. took three pages of notes. I have no notes. So yeah, this is I won't be looking at those notes, they suck. Uh, Welcome, Daniel. We have you zoomed in all the way from Ireland. Um, Before we get into the movies, there was something I was thinking about the other day that I thought would be funny to confront you about on this. Um, and that is that I realized since y'all call those little cups of noodles or ramen noodle cup of noodles, you call those pot noodles. The real name, pot noodle, yes. Yeah, but there's no pot. There's not like, it's not in a pot either. They come in a small green pot. That's a pot. That's not a pot. That's a cup. It is a pot. No, a pot is like made out of metal. It's made out of styrofoam. But a cup is made out of delf. That's a cup. A cup is made out of a mug. Delf. Delf? Like a mug. What is that? What is delf? Ceramic? Ceramic. That's the American word. Wait, y'all call ceramic delf? (laughs) If you drink your tea out of a mug, the stuff that a mug is made out of, that's a cup. Like the cups we we drink tea out of. Yeah, but like you have styrofoam cups too. Like if you were at like a water fountain or something grab a styrofoam cup or like a paper one but it also says on the noodles pot noodles so we're being told that they're called pot noodles yeah but i'm just saying the name Do doesn't even make any sense them? that's what i said that's what i said at first they might though because there's a weird there's this little sachet sachet i apologize sachet that comes i always say sachet there's this little sachet that comes it's called soy sauce and i never use it that could be the secret ingredient. Wait, it's called is... soy sauce. Do you not have soy sauce? It's that's soy not sauce. In... In, in the in the pot noodle, <laughs> there's a little sachet, like a little silver one, and it's full of soy sauce. Apparently, I've never opened it because I hate soy sauce. There might so not be soy sauce could, in it. It might just be. It weed. could contain weed. 
<laughs> Possibly, yes. I mean, I'm no expert, but I don't know what the laws are over there about weed. Is I'm it legal? Sure legal? I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Okay. I had to talk about it in school once, and I had to argue for it, even though I didn't care. I just have no opinion whatsoever. Okay. Well, that's not why you're here. You're not here to talk about Irish substance Ooh. legalization. You're <laughs> here to defend your favorite <laughs> film from from this man who's <laughs> from this shit all over. hell bent on attacking it. I I wouldn't uh, say I'm hell bent on attacking it. <laughs> so I think it it worked out pretty well because I'm kind of in the middle on it. I'm like it's good, but. John really didn't like it, and mm -hmm. I, I did you see your letterboxed. Love it. Okay, yeah, the the more recent one. I think so. You hadn't given it any stars. You said you hadn't finished it, so it must okay, be yeah, that there. was the first one. I last night okay, after okay. finishing it, I wrote something else, but that I figured you wouldn't see it because we'd talk about it today. Mm -hmm. I didn't okay. know we were talking about so, the social network, but I have uh, no notes. Not that I ever take notes, but you didn't know. Oh, okay. I thought I made that clear to you. Well, oh, no, you we don't worry about it. We won't spend too much time on it. We're, right. we're very, very random. Our podcast is completely disorganized, I would say. Also, I should say, Daniel and John haven't met each other before. Mostly because I, Daniel lives in Ireland. That's nope. a big obstacle. Well, I mean... Y'all can make fun of each other. I don't care. <laughs> Tell Daniel he looks like a hobo for, for all I care. I think Daniel looks nice. I don't know why you're so mean to him. David, ever cool since person the, the minute David got here, he he consistently barrages me with insults about every opinion I have. It's It's quite hurtful. Like, I'm very impressed with your sweater, and I like your hair. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Yes! Like, Finally, someone the... appreciates my clothes. See, okay, I get made fun of for wearing cardigans all the time. So I cardigans are the best thing to be ever invented. I have like three cardigans. Absolutely, John, John we didn't bring him on here to compliment him. We brought him on here for you to fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess we can we can start with that conversation if we want. Um, we we mm. probably don't need to uh, do any sort of. Uh, like uh, overview of the movie but we should probably give a, a slight spoiler warning because we're going to talk about it so yeah it's about mark zuckerberg it borg zuckerberg. Mark zuckerberg the cyborg himself uh, yeah um <laughs> it's got justin timberlake in it he was the worst part to be honest justin he was timberlake. great that's his only oh, good role i kept going i, I know who that is I, he did I a good job like his role. voice <laughs> He wasn't as the bad way he at talks time. always bothers bad in the movie. I haven't seen it. Don't don't see it. I'll take don't your word for it. Thank okay. you. I don't know. So um yeah, it came out was it twenty thirteen that this movie came out? Twenty ten. Oh twenty ten, yes. That makes sense. Um directed by David Fincher, starring Jesse Eisenberg, who I normally dislike. Who just because I he's a weird actor. Dislike. He was better in this. I think this was his best role, probably. I don't know. He's good in Zombieland. Haven't but that's a it. completely different 
genre of film. Yeah, it's it's a different performance. I mean, this is the only film I like him in, and I haven't seen him in many, but uh, I know he's in some rubbish. There's one called Now You See Me, where he's very bad. Like I haven't seen Now You See Me, but yeah, I know it's terrible. It's so bad. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he's he he's not a good actor apart from in this movie where he is. I think he's incredible. Just my opinion. He's like he's like Michael Sarah if Michael Sarah weren't funny. Yeah, that's fair. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I don't think he's particularly funny. Michael Sarah? No, Jesse Eisenberg. Michael Sarah is hilarious. No, I don't. I don't really have anything against Jesse Eisenberg. I just don't particularly care for him. I feel like he should be in a Lord of the Rings. knockoff and be credited as jesse isengard i think that would just be funny (laughs) (laughs) like one of those spoof movies like the the starving games or something yeah it could be like an adaptation of the the lord of the rings spoof book um board of the rings that was mentioned in um a futile and stupid jester was mentioned in that movie so they could add it they could adapt the book and then have Jesse Isengard. All right. That was, that was a side, that was oh, a little boy. tangent. To, to give <laughs> myself a little bit of context before watching this at, all the way through, um, I did look up to see what other films came out in 2010. And I, I made a list of like the ones I'd seen and the ones that I know by name, but just never bothered to watch. Um, okay. So I just... Movies that came out in the same year include Inception, Shutter Island, Scott Pilgrim, Insidious, uh, Night and Day, which is a terrible rom-com, and then the three I haven't seen being Black Swan, The Town, and 127 Hours. So given the the quality of the other things that come out at the same time, uh, it kind of reset the way I was thinking about this movie a little bit. Um, there were some good ones in that. The King's Speech also came out in 2010. Year, like. The King's Speech won the Oscar in 2010, no? I'm pretty sure. I think so, was yeah. 2010? I missed that one. Because Colin Firth won year. Best Actor. It was a good year. Mm. Shutter Island, I mean, it's a toss-up Scott between Pilgrim. Shutter Island and uh, The Social Network for me. Inception? I couldn't decide between those. Oh. Inception as well. But Inception's kind of... It's, it's amazing, but it doesn't really... It sounds it sounds hypocritical to say it's not an Oscar movie, but it's like I mean yeah. Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher I, I love Christopher Nolan, but I just feel like Yeah. I feel it, like it was a different genre. Yeah, like action yeah. films, as good as they are, shouldn't be winning Best Picture, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Inception. not action, but the, the whatever yeah. genre inception is, it's not a best picture winner, I think. Or it shouldn't be. Okay. Yeah, I guess it didn't have like a of very much of like a a point to it which is something that they tend to like make a thing for oscars you know like i mean it was a well-told story and it was entertaining but i think for um it to be like the best movie of the year they want it to have like like a deeper substance like yeah doesn't matter what it is just as long as it has one like green book one best picture what substance does that have yeah yeah <laughs> so I was going to ask 
what about this movie do you like so much? I think I, I, I would regard the social network as the perfect movie. And because, because David Fincher is my favorite director. I think he is, um, he won't mention the misfire of alien three, but apart from that, he is the perfect hit every single one of his films. And I've seen them all. Um, they're all absolutely incredible. They're impeccable. And the social network is like, it's not my favorite Fincher film, but I think it is his, it's his best. Because I think I think in your review, John, you said that it wasn't a particularly well-made movie, and I was like, "What? It's like the craft of that film is incredible." Like David Fincher's look with them—I um, can't remember his cinematographer, Jeff Cronenworth—the way they the camera is always moving. Whenever the character moves, the camera moves, and that's in all of Fincher's films. Uh, so if the if the character leads forward, the camera will move forward with him, and it gives the, the sense of motion, uh, which is why I love Fincher so much. All his films do that, uh, and I think every other aspect of the film. There's I can't I'm not an expert on filmmaking, but I can't which find nobody here is. Yeah, but like I can't find anything to criticize. Like the music is probably my favorite score after the Lord of the Rings trilogy, probably. Like that's so uh, interesting. I love Trent Reznor and um, Atticus Ross. The score is incredible. The visual effects, I think I saw this, that there were more visual effects in the social network than there were in Godzilla 2014, apparently. Yeah, there's a lot of visual effects. Which is is mad because you wouldn't associate a a Facebook drama with visual effects. But the stuff they did with the actor, um, with Army Hammer's twin, I've forgotten his name. Like, it's huge. Yeah. It's incredible what they did. You watch the behind the scenes and they like paste his face on and stuff. And yeah, that I, was I, a I really it. big deal. And that, that is very well done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like, what, what did you think about it that wasn't particularly well made? Because I think like, I... <sighs> Interestingly enough, the, the things you've mentioned are the things I hated most. So... Oh, no. <laughs> no. One of the things that I wrote down in my notes that I'm not going to bother turning to find because I remember what I thought about it is that the movement doesn't feel necessary. It, It doesn't feel like it adds anything. It's just there. It doesn't feel motivated. It doesn't feel like it adds anything to the emotion of the scene. It's just kind of aimless and it, it just happens every once in a while. And that most scenes in the film are tend to just be shot, reverse shot, or, you know, wide, medium, close, medium, which is, is pretty standard. I find that the, the camera work um, in the social network, it's so cold and, like, precise, and I'm probably quoting someone here, but it's, like, calculated and, and very, which is, which I find to be very, like, um, the character himself, Mark Zuckerberg. I know that he's not like that in real life, but in the character they go for in the film, it was like it seemed like the perfect fit for this like this cold, pretty bad human being. It's just like has no. It's all just I don't know how to describe it. It's like when I said it was precise and cold and calculating exactly like he is. Yeah, I, I could understand that. Yeah, which is why I, I liked that there was a connection there. Yeah, I could see. 
I could see that being the point. I just mm-hmm. personally, it didn't sit with me. Most of the complaints I have with the film aren't things I think are bad about it. I don't think it's a bad film. It's just mm-hmm. something that when I watch it, I don't feel like anything's particularly remarkable. It's yeah. just kind of. You texted there. me last night and you were watching it and you were saying, to be honest, I don't know why I dislike this movie so much. With most movies that I feel very strongly about, I don't know why. Like I can sit here and tell you about how much I love the movie Parasite, but I have no idea why. There's nothing specific about that movie that I can sit down and be like, it's perfect because of this. There's there's nothing great about that film. It's just good, you know? I think uh, it's all the small things that add up to make like a perfect movie you know it, it's yeah. not like you can say oh this one thing made it so good you know the the thing that bothered me the most is is the first half of the movie just really it takes time to get into there's just a a long wind up it, the dialogue in this film drives me insane <laughs> and it it feels completely unnatural. But I showed some to my sister and was like, does this feel natural to you? And she was like, yeah, that's like how normal humans would talk. And I was like, what? It's like Aaron Sorkin Maybe dialogue. the problem is with you. like that. No, it's, it's, his style is very, I don't know how to describe it, but all, every single character in that film, especially in the, the scenes where they're all across the table in the, in the, not the divorce, sorry, in the courtroom, not the courtroom scenes, the, the deposition. That's the yeah, word. When, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like when Mark Zuckerberg scenes. is getting divorced from Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that film. I would love to see that too. It's great. But all, all of the, all, all of those interactions, I, especially the part where uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Saverin, Saverin is his name, right? Yeah. When, when you find out how, to, how he cut him out of, the com- out of the company, like slowly, percent by percent, uh, and it just it it cuts between the three the three um like three characters' journeys or whatever. And I just think the way they reveal it, and then it 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 seemed to go silent for a second, and then it's like point zero something percent. I just think all of that dialogue was so natural. Like it's something that I would never speak. They're all like super articulate, um, unlike myself. I think like, that I, does. I, come I never find it unnatural. All. They're all going to Ivy League schools, so they are going to yeah, be they're all, somewhat they're articulate. All super posh, especially Army Hammer, the T twins. They're like. So I thought their lines were really well written. I liked the scene where they're talking at breakfast, um, where they first see the article about uh, Mark Zuckerberg making face yeah. smash. I thought that scene was really well written, but I thought it was extremely poorly acted. The the character whatever their friend is that's like their business partner yeah i don't know that actor and i don't remember that character's name but he was absolutely horrendous i just could not stand him now that you say that i can i can get kind of give you that i he isn't he isn't great now that i think about it because i think army hammer is uh he's incredible but i can see now where he is kind of pales a bit to them to him so yeah Uh, army hammer was great he delivered the lines well everything in those scenes was really well written but then whenever it was that guy and i feel bad for calling him that guy because i I just don't remember his name (laughs) i'm looking it up 
You can keep Thank on. You. The actor he, is Max. It just felt very forced. It felt but, very, uh, very much like he was reading it. It didn't feel like he knew what the character's intention was at all. And so it took me out of the film. Mm -hmm. I, I think the, the other thing about dialogue is, I, I know Aaron Sorkin's kind of praised as being like the king of dialogue by some people. I was listening to like a, a huge, like mashup of uh, tips on writing uh, from a bunch of different screenwriters. And at least three people mentioned uh, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, and I don't remember, one of them was like talking about how you wanna make sure all of your characters are distinctly different in the way that they speak. And then he was like talking about how Aaron Sorkin gets that as kind of a criticism. It's that everyone speaks from the same perspective. They have the same vocabulary and the same uh, like cadence to their speech. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was noticing is that everyone in this movie sounds the same. Everyone talks from the same perspective. Um, but then later on, someone was talking about Sorkin and they were talking about how if you want to learn how to write perfect dialogue, you should watch Sorkin films. So I, I know he's kind of, he's kind of a polarizing writer in that people either really love his stuff or they really hate it. And I just couldn't. It seems like, it seems like his stuff is so perfect. Like it's, it's so perfect that normal people don't talk like that. Like we don't talk like that because it, 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 it seems like it's the perfect uh, level of language, if that makes sense. Like they all speak perfectly. And I'm thinking of other Sorkin films that I've watched like Moneyball and, um, and Steve Jobs. And they're all very similar that way. The characters are all, it's not that I don't, because I, I find all the characters 100% believable in, in those three films, but they do all speak in a way that I would never, I would never speak. Um, and it, but it, to me, it doesn't come across as unnatural. I know you said you didn't like it, but I don't, I don't know what, what to say other than just, I, I, I find the way they are fast paced and the way they speak, it's entertaining and I think the things they I think speak it's about, about the style well. I think it's about the style though because like you can watch like a Shakespeare play and though no one speaks in Shakespearean English now you can mm -hmm. still relate to what the people are saying and understand and like appreciate the English that's being used you know like see if I were to watch like a Midsummer Night's Dream there are still some very funny thing some funny lines that are in that because it's all going to be relatable to like on a human level you know just as long mm -hmm. as it's telling a good story and conveying like good messages i think and, and it depends on like what the movie is going for but i think that this movie is going for like a very stylized feel like so the really sleep dialogue lends itself to mm -hmm. it but if you were going for like realism which i don't think this was then you would want a more like down-to-earth style of dialogue like david yeah Lally. you you wouldn't like yeah like um short term 12 you've seen that that's like completely 100% natural uh, conversations they have. Aaron Sorkin doesn't write short-term 12 dialogues. Uh, it would just be weird if those characters started, started speaking Aaron Sorkin-y. So I, I think his, his writing is only for those kind of films you were saying, David, like sleek and, and smooth. And I think he fits really well with David Fincher because that's just his style. And I, I wish they would write 
doing the film together, but they, I guess we'll see. Um, I but, found um, the actor's name. It was uh, Max Mengele, and yep. uh, he was playing Divya Narendra. Yeah, I think um, in general, I think I just decided that mostly it's just I don't enjoy the film. There's mm -hmm. something about it that's not the, my personal preference. Um, as far as whether or not it's a good film, I think it's pretty well made. I just think there's nothing specific about it that I would say is great. There's nothing particularly like outstanding about the film. Um, other than the the twins effect, you said you said you didn't like the score, no? No, you say that? I hate it. Why? Why not? I I just like it, why? It just is so in your face. the The entire thing feels like it's trying to make you feel like you're at a rock concert, and I just I can't handle it. It doesn't <laughs> fit with a kid drunk in his dorm room writing code. But it does fit with the, the look and the theme of the film, no? Uh, like the opening, the opening theme. Um, oh, I forgot the name. I have like five of the songs in the playlist. I love the score, as I said. But uh, the, it's so like, it's, I think it's called something to do with anxiety. The gentle hum of anxiety. That, that's what the, my favorite one is. And it's like, I'm not going to do it. I was going to do it there. But it's, it's the, opening, the opening score when he runs through Harvard. In the snow, yeah. or not in the snow. Sorry, he runs through Harvard, and it's like it gives this really scary sense of like foreboding. It it, it gives me chills, like because it's. I think it sets the tone for the entire film. That opening, that opening track. Um, I thought that running through Harvard montage was completely unnecessary. Apparently, it wasn't actually Harvard as well. They wanted to film there. That's an unnecessary piece of information, but. I think the the score when they go to the party as well, or when when the people are going to the the, the first uh, Phoenix party. I think it's the Phoenix party. I yeah. love that that uh, I don't know how you describe that that genre of music. It's like electro kind of. I don't know. But I don't know. It's like you say you don't like the score, but I don't know what other to say than I love the score. It just. And I think that's it, just a personal well. preference thing. Yeah, I, I just. Mean, it felt like yeah. the movie was trying to present itself as something that I wasn't expecting and didn't feel like it should have been. In yeah. the end, my biggest problem with it is that I feel like a lot of people took the wrong image of Mark Zuckerberg from this film and kind of ignored how horrible he's been for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. and, and it hasn't been until recently that people actually cared to talk about all of the terrible things that he's done and allowed to happen and i just I, yeah i don't know well, that's something... they, didn't have, they didn't have the lizard meme back in 2010 so they couldn't you know articulate it in a good <laughs> manner <laughs> but like do you, but i think that the, the movie isn't it's not trying to give a like a portrait of mark zuckerberg himself it's trying to tell how he, and I, i'm not sure how much of the film is trade i don't know much about mark zuckerberg but how he, how he was manipulated into backstabbing his only friend. That's that's what you get from the film from, from Eduardo. Um, so 
I know that it's not, apparently it's nothing like the real Mark Zuckerberg. From what I've seen of Mark Zuckerberg, it's nothing like him. But I love that they didn't try to, I love that Jesse Eisenberg didn't try to be Mark Zuckerberg and go for, a, um, for an actual, just an impression of Mark Zuckerberg. Because I feel like that character fits the film very well. The, the style of the film, the, the whole, um, like he, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just I love that I love that character because I know I, I, I know he's, he's not he's nothing like the real Mark Zuckerberg, which I know, but I think he's played so well by Jesse Eisenberg. Um, John and I his his relationship enjoyed... with Eduardo. Go on, sorry. Uh, John, would you have enjoyed this movie if it were a fictional like? biopic of not a I was, character that's not real i was just about to say i think i would have enjoyed this movie a lot more if it weren't based on a real person because i feel like portraying mark zuckerberg as a a young person who was uh manipulated into doing terrible things is kind of irresponsible because in 2010 when this film was made we already knew that he was still a horrible person and he was still doing terrible things and i i just feel like the the emotionless genius stereotypical character that they make him out to be and then try and make it seem like he was just a confused kid following bad advice i feel like it it's harmful but they aren't trying to say that's how he was. Like they're trying to tell this this inter like what I find entertaining story of this um this like this the whole the whole world that they the world that they go through in the film they and they go from when well it it really I would actually say it's more Eduardo's film for a lot of it than it is like his, I find his because he has the arc of the film where he and not the arc I, I do find where, where he goes from. I find that more interesting, more interesting. Than, than Zuckerberg, yeah. but I think it's supposed to be like that because the film is about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, but he sometimes it feels like he's not even the main character, especially for the second half of the film when it's all about Eduardo coming back from the advertising and he finds what Justin Timberlake has done to... So <laughs> I, I think that the real heart of the film is, is Andrew Garfield's character. Uh, but and I, that's weird to say because I do not like Andrew Garfield at all i think i love Andrew. i Garfield. think i think this i don't like a him. terrible role for him he's a terrible actor i think but i think he's great in the social network he has passable performances okay he's not terrible that's that's not fair see, to say but see i think this this film leaned into the worst side of andrew garfield's acting his best one though his best performance under the silver lake i knew you were going to say 100 under the silver lake is a fantastic I, film and he doesn't or, i haven't seen it Actually, I think he was quite good in Amazing Spider-Man. That's true. The first one, yeah. The first yeah. one is really good. Although the worst <laughs> parts of that film are the, the whiny little... I don't... Yeah. And that's what I feel, feel like he comes across. Feel in Spider-Man. He comes across as like a... He looks, he looks 28 years old in that film. And Peter Parker is uh, supposed but, to be a 16-year-old high school kid. Andrew Garfield does not look like he could be in high school in the slightest. Yeah, but, he's literally a but I always say, though, is Tobey Maguire was a sad middle-aged man. He's much worse. <laughs> he is much worse. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And also it had Emma Stone in that movie. So I'd say it's much better than any of the original Spider-Mans, but not as good as Tom Holland. So it's like in the middle. I don't think I like any of the Spider-Mans apart from Tom Holland's first one. The, uh, the one with Michael Keaton. That's the yeah. only that, that's oh, the only Spider-Man I would actually voluntarily just say, oh, I'm going to watch I'm going to watch this. I've seen, I've seen The Amazing Spider-Man more times than I would like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I really truly like that movie, but yeah, I think I think what it comes down to is mostly just a personal preference for this movie. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you weren't feeling it from the start, you're going to it's going to set the cause. Yeah, and, well, and if, I think I don't know. I don't know if if you had preconceived uh, conceptions about it. I don't. Know. I, I have I, a couple I, of I friends. I can't remember the first time I saw it because I'm I'm what it came out in 2010, but I'm I'm 20, so I would have been 10 when that film came out. I think I saw it when I was 15, though, the first time. So I don't yeah. remember what it was like the first time I saw it. I have a couple of friends who say it's their favorite movie, and I feel like talking to them kind of hyped it up a lot. And I just, I wasn't prepared for it to be the style of movie it was because, mm-hmm. I don't know, There, I was just expecting it. I felt like it didn't really have a clear plot at, until at least halfway through the film. So the on re-watching, I felt like the... the scene like right after the scene i stopped watching at was the first scene that i was like oh yeah this is this is okay like i understand what's happening now but they have to set up it sounds really simple to say that but it's but don't don't they have to set up the world and the characters before like it the film isn't a film of two halves i I don't think but they do have to it I, i i admit it does take a while to get started the main plot is obviously um, once Facebook actually gets big and what comes from that. So, but I feel like it has to establish all the, all the characters and their, their relationships and how he meets the twins and we spend a bit of time with the twins. And I, I don't know. I think that a lot of good movies, you don't know what the plot is for a substantial portion of them. Um, for instance, I watched There Will Be Blood last night, and that. that is like, <laughs> it goes on for so long before you know what the actual story is. Um, but I think that can be a, a good thing, because from the perspective of a character, they're not viewing their life as like a story, you know? They're not like, oh, this is the arc of what happens. So mm-hmm. it allows you to be more closely connected with a character as they discover what's happening and things build in their life. You're there at the same point as they are, um, which I think is an interesting way of doing it. Although I, There Will Be Blood was a little bit long and meandering for my taste. I saw you give it three and a half stars and I was like, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's amazing. And I was like, what? Well, watch it. You'll understand. Um, I, I will get run to it someday. Paul Dano... <laughs> Paul Dano always looks like a child, so it's really weird when he plays an adult. Because <laughs> he played, he was 23 when that movie came out, but he looked 14 and he played like an adult. And I was like, this is really strange. Because he's introduced by his father. So I'm like, oh, so he's like a kid. 
And I'm like, oh no, he's like an adult <laughs> that lives with his father. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that movie either. So it, it feels like a crime that I haven't seen it, but I get run to it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I'm not consistent with how I feel about film in general. Like one of my favorite movies is pretty meandering and doesn't really have a plot even at the very end. It's kind of just which one? Uh, what would that be? Manchester by the Sea. Um, oh, it, it kind of just wanders for a very long time, and you you kind of don't know what's happening for a good portion of the movie. But I like it, so I I give it higher rating than movie don't like bad yeah yeah because oh, it, 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 it's like what david was saying like you're following the character you're not like in manchester by the sea there's no like not there's no plot to speak of but there's no objective yeah that all the characters have to get to like you know by the end of the film the, the climax will be the result of all the things we did in the film but in something like manchester by the sea it, it is just meandering and slow and you're just following those characters Right. Yeah. See what ha- what happens with them. But that that is a good way of putting it, David. I never. I would never. And I, I feel like I knew that, but I didn't know how to say that. Yeah, it's a good point. I think the the difference between something like Manchester by the Sea and something like The Social Network, for me, is that I already know the story to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I already have a little bit of. I have enough backstory to know in general where the movie's going to end. So it feels weird to be following the character from a perspective of it being like part of their life or from their point of view instead of an outside point of view. But if Mark Zuckerberg just say if Mark Zuckerberg never existed, so Mark Zuckerberg in that film is a fake character they made up, and that's all made up, would you still I don't, I don't know if that's a stupid question, but because you said you already kind of know the real life story, so to speak. If that, if if Mark Zuckerberg never existed and Aaron Sorkin made all, made that story up, I think I would have enjoyed it much more. Okay. If it if I didn't have any backstory, if it wasn't a real person, I feel like I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I don't know it, if that's it if you know much about or you have any strong opinions about Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, that I don't. Yeah, because yeah. I just see it as a like, I I don't I don't actually see Jesse Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg because I don't know much about the real guy. I just see this as a character in that film, and all those guys like they're just characters in this entertaining film that I enjoy. Yeah. Mm. To be honest, I haven't thought a lot about this movie. I just watched it the one time with Daniel, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, still, I still think four stars is too low, but sure. <laughs> it, should, it, it should be 10 stars. John, you gave it two and, and a half, half yesterday? Yeah. yeah. I but mean, like, that's probably harsh. Yeah. I wanted to give it, it a half rating. What your system, what your system is. No, a half. Whoa. Yeah. Well, not that half hurts. a star. Half, like out of five stars. Ah, uh, okay. So 50. Yeah, 50%. It's okay, 50% okay. a like, good movie. Okay. Because everyone has their own. I find on Letterboxd. I know I'm not consistent. Everyone has their own system of rating. So like if, if I give it, if I give something three stars, I didn't like it, but I know a guy who gives it three and a half stars. He counts it as a good movie. Yes. Same. So 
you're yeah. never sure about everyone else's letterbox. Three rating. stars, it's, three stars for really me annoying. is it was it was above average, and two and yeah. a half is it was fifty percent good, fifty percent bad. Well, they don't have it where it can be exactly, because it's uh, so it's going to either be a six or a um, a five, so it's going to be on one side of fifty. It can't be exactly. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if they had a ten star so, rating. It would give you more more choice. I, I would like if they had 10 instead of 5, but that would look a bit strange. Yeah, it'd be a little bit harder to look at something and be like, how many stars is that if it was 10? <laughs> that is how IMDb works, though. They, I hate IMDb for the whole rating system. It's, it's so bad. It is very bad. I don't it's use broken. it. Well, I think that probably covers that movie. So if we want to talk about anything else, we can just move on to whatever. I guess we can continue berating Daniel for stupid Irish words. Like, what What did you say was ceramic? Uh, Delf, D-E-L-F. See, I need to look that up because I have to Delph. figure have you out. Never, have, have you never heard of Delf? That, that's what we say, Delf, like uh, Delf cups, like Delf, Delf saucers. No? no. Just like Why did this not come up when I was disgusted. there? Maybe it's just a Daniel thing. That's quite possible because there's many things they're just things in my head that don't actually exist. Okay. The oh, definition like... of delf is earthenware having an opaque white glaze with an overglazed decoration, usually in blue. So oh. like a mug. Yeah. But it all has to be decorated in blue, though, Daniel. So. Some mugs are decorated, David. We have some decorated <laughs> mugs here. I feel vindicated slightly. <laughs> <laughs> That is, yeah, that's basically I just the cups I own, so. Daniel's just like, oh, I'm going to sit down with my Delph bowl and have some pot noodles with oregano I can hold my pinky out while I, while I <laughs> sip the, the pot noodle. <laughs> pot noodles are great, though, just oh. saying. Except those ones that we had, those were so bad. The red ones. The ones that... Everyone here, everyone here likes ramen noodles, which are red, but the real pot noodles, King's pot noodles, and the green pots. No, when I was there, there were those ones that were disgusting, like we couldn't finish yeah. them. The red. Oh, those ones. We still have those. They're still in the cupboard. They're still there. They are. The ones that were like curry flavored. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were so they bad. They tasted like chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. What, it, what have you all been watching during quarantine? Aside from the social network, I guess, because we've covered that at length. I started season three of Magic for Humans the other day. Never heard of it. I started it. I didn't get into it. You didn't get into it? I love that show. But I didn't keep watching. It's like, Daniel, you said you haven't heard of it. It's basically just like, kind of like Billy on the Street, but if Billy were a magician. I don't know what Billy on the Street is either. I don't know what Billy oh, on the street is. <laughs> Billy, it's it's a magic show. Okay. But it's it's made into kind of a a comedy I would say video essay because it usually has a point where he he's making some sort of point about psychology and the way our brains work and why magic works the way it does. And it definitely gets more that way during the second season and the third season. But it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a magic comedy show with 
a moral message for each it's episode. It's very like feel good, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You end the episode and you're like, oh, that was that was nice. Gives you like that warm, fuzzy feeling. I, I feel happy now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's technically considered a reality comedy show, which doesn't make sense to me, but that's what they, I think that's what it's technically considered. Huh. How's that been? Season three is fantastic. So I'm, I'm okay. enjoying it. I'll probably come back around to it and watch some more of it. If you don't like it, you don't have to. It's one of those. Oh, no, I, I enjoyed it. I got like halfway through the first season, but then I got sidetracked with Breaking Bad. I haven't watched that in so long. I've That's never watched Breaking Bad. Bad. I should probably rewatch it, but it's so long that I will never will, ever. I still haven't but finished been, it. Um, I, I I I could spoil it for you, but I won't. You probably know though. Everyone knows. I, I don't think no? there's things like that where it's like I don't think I mean, there's anyone in the world who is yeah. going to watch it and doesn't know. Walter mm-hmm. White's gonna die, but we knew that from the beginning. <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's ruined. Now I mean, you're gonna put a big spoiler warning on this thing. Just that's not like a twist though, because you know he has cancer from the beginning. He's gonna die <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> I won't spoil it. I won't do it. I refuse. <laughs> it's your own fault for being stupid if you don't know that. Yeah. I've, I've actually started this TV show called Succession. I've been telling David to watch it. I don't know if you have. I haven't, but I know what it is. Yeah. It's, it's genuine. Like, I, it is genuinely probably one of the best things I've ever watched. It is so good. Like, the characters are so hateful they're like they're disgusting human beings most of them but that's an hbo show yeah hbo yeah but they're written so well especially the main character you go through so many emotions because he's so pathetic but you feel so bad for him but he's also like such a dick through the whole show because he's super rich they're all super rich i think it's supposed to be like a, a criticism of like all the rich old um you know, the big rich part of people like him. Um, they mentioned Trump a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, Brian Cox is incredible. He is like if he. I know that he did win an Emmy, I think, but he should win every single award he's ever nominated for for Succession. It's that good. And the music, the theme tune. Oh, so good. At first, I thought you were saying that because he was in Succession, if he's ever nominated for any other award awards that are unrelated he should win those two just because he was in succession i was like i'm not sure if that's fair i think the only thing i've ever seen him in is zodiac i've never seen him in anything else but he's quite good in succession so um i've been watching westworld i finished the first season and boy that was those final two episodes the i think the penultimate episode is better than the finale but those two were like two of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Where, whoa, just everything that's been set up throughout the entire season, it comes to fruition perfectly. And you, I think that's always something that's good in a finale to discover like new uh, aspects of the story that you hadn't understood previously. And it does that so well. I think that's something that the Nolan brothers have down perfectly. Like Jonathan mm. and Christopher Nolan know how to do that so well, but it has just like such a hit you like payoff 
like the finale of the prestige which i have to refer to in every episode it's obligatory. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep seeing ads for Westworld, and I keep thinking it looks pretty good, but I heard that it went downhill pretty quickly after season two. Wait, after... There are only three seasons. And like, the, during the season, season two. Oh. I, my friend said it was super confusing and weird. Like, he, he couldn't make any sense of it. It got so convoluted that he did... I think he actually stopped watching. Or maybe he didn't, I don't know. He just remember he was very... He was very confused about it. And I was like, I just, I don't want to watch it. it. Sounds much too big for me. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have HBO, so I won't be watching any of these shows. Uh, I'm so excited! I'm very happy that I got it because they're about to switch it to HBO Max, and everything's going to be on there. And I'm, I can't wait. They're going to put Ford versus Ferrari on there, which is the only movie that was nominated for an Oscar last year that I haven't seen yet. So I can't. I'm pumped for that. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Very good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably going to get HBO Max just because... Uh, I don't know. I'm so pissed because everything on the DC Universe app is is trash and all of a sudden they're just doing... Everything DC is going to HBO Max and I just feel like I have been slapped in the face. And I think if I'm correct... Because I'm already paying for HBO now, it's going to be the same price for Max whenever it comes out for me, which is great. I don't know what the pricing is. I'm going to cancel DC Universe and switch over to HBO Max. So, I mean, Whatever. yeah, HBO. I mean, DC Universe didn't work out very well for you, John. To be honest, no, I was so <laughs> upset. They didn't put a single DC Universe like extended universe <laughs> movie on that app. Not a single one. <laughs> I mean, Are no you excited about the Snyder Cut? No, I think that's stupid, but I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. I can't wait. Like, I love Man of Steel, and I think the extended edition of Batman and Superman is watchable. I never bothered to watch the extended edition of BVS. It, 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 I think it's worth it if you like, if you like, um, if you like the characters. Because I, I do enjoy... And a lot. It's, it's been Lee. something I've been meaning to get around to. The problem is the the main thing that I had a problem with in BVS wasn't any of the things everyone like berated it for. It to me it just dragged. It it was so so slow. And I was like, this is a superhero movie. I think the finale of it was terrible. If they the just brought in something that ever. hasn't had anything to do with the movie. It's literally just like <laughs> the the thing the the troll from Lord of the Rings just comes in for the past the last ten minutes. And it's so <laughs> bad. And then Wonder Woman is And they're like, there. Oh, Wonder Woman's here now too. That's she a disappears very, there. That's a very <laughs> Zack Snyder thing though. I don't I don't I don't think that's those types of things aren't gonna change with, with much yeah, I mean, how different can it uh, really be? I mean, it, it, it'll look different, I assume. It'll look much better. I think my hopefully. favorite tweet that I saw was the confirmation of the Snyder Cut only confirms that the Snyder Cut did not exist. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 100%. Why, why would they release it next year if it already existed? Like, it's been... Th- three years why is this still a thing like i just yeah. i i can't 
Wait, has it been three years since Justice that movie came, came out? out in 2017? 2017, yeah. So oh boy, long. I never saw it. I would I so much rather see David Ayer's original cut of Suicide Squad than Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. Because I actually that. heard people calling for that. There were there were certain not another hashtag on Twitter. I think that's stupid. Don't do that. But yeah, like he... if we get one, I would have preferred Ayer's cut because he cut the entire movie. It was ready for release, and then the backlash on BVS had them go back and do reshoots and restructure the entire film. I want so, the Lord and Miller cut of uh, Solo. Of Solo. Solo. I would, I would yeah. totally watch that. I would watch that on. I, I haven't a seen a movie Solo that they didn't do. I, I love Solo. Cut it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you know the whole like the Snyder cut exists thing is like no, it didn't. He quit during like mid production. He hadn't finished anything. I think that just anytime you dislike a movie that you were excited for, you should just call for a complete redoing of the movie <laughs> by another director that you like better. <laughs> I was really upset that Joss Whedon took over, but I don't really care for Zack Snyder. Like Watchmen is a horrible movie and I just never bothered to watch Man of Steel and BVS Ooh. sucked. So like, I watched uh, the Watchmen show, though. That Watchmen show. I've heard a lot of good things. It's Damon Lindelof. Of course it's good. I mean. And also, hey, speaking of earlier, you were saying Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they do the music, too. So No, do they really? I did not know that. I might have to watch it now just because of that. I didn't know that. You might have just convinced me to watch Watchmen. I was expecting hunters to be a better show than it was i watched two episodes and it was i wanted to like it because i like logan lerman and it kind of had a kind of interesting setup i think but it was just so weird there was the, something weird about that show. the first episode really surprised me i was like oh my gosh this is gonna be great and i think mm -hmm. i watched it it was like 3 a.m and i texted a bunch of people and was like oh my gosh this show and then <laughs> I think you texted me too. Yeah, I texted you. I texted a bunch of people at like 3 a.m. And then the next day I watched episode two and I was like, oh, well, this sucks. <laughs> I think I only the opening got scene of that, The opening scene episodes. of that show was incredible. I was like, I'm so hooked. When he just like switches the accent, I was like, damn. And then it just goes downhill. It's so bad. It's so bad. It gets really bad after the first episode. Oh, uh. John, so, you know, Bobby Lyons told me that I should really watch Hollywood. She was like, this would be right up your alley. Yeah. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, why did she recommend this to me? <laughs> why, why does she think that prostitution would be like, oh, this is like straight for David. David I know Bobby really liked it. No, but I, Other I Bobby. find it weird that I was pegged as like a person who'd be super into this. By like, two this people named Bobby. Show. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit weird. I don't know. I'm going to watch it eventually, but I, I think that's just a it. weird thing to say to anyone like this show if I know you, this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the point of it is that you know, you're really into film and it's about like Hollywood 
back in the day. So people think you'd be interested because it's like, I don't know, kind of like Hail Caesar is something that film nerds really like, you know? I liked Hail Caesar. I love Hail Caesar. Isn't Hollywood though like a, I thought it was like Hollywood, but changed the way it's supposed to be now. Like it's supposed to be like that. That's what I thought. Like, no, it's like golden age Hollywood. And then there's a dude who's working in prostitution so he can make ends meet. Um, Gotta do what you gotta do. I keep confusing it with another show that's coming out either this year or next year called Babylon. Oh, wait. I think that might be what you're thinking. Who's of. directing Damn. Babylon? Um, oh, I've wait. Heard... It's Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. That's yeah. a movie, though. Yeah. Is it a movie or a show? I thought it was a show. I think, I think, I think, it's, I think his show is The Eddie, the, the jazz one in France. But the, I think the movie is Brad Pitt and Emma Stone, apparently. Yeah. Which sounds amazing. Brad Pitt is the best thing to ever walk this earth. Brad Pitt is awesome. I don't know. He's a horrible human, but I really think that Andy Circus. <laughs> Andy Circus. I watched um, the Long Shot the other day that Seth Rogen released there in rom com, where yeah. she's like running for office and he's writing her speeches and stuff. And Andy Circus is in that movie, but I didn't realize that until after I'd finished watching it. And then I was looking at it on Letterboxd and I was like, oh, Andy Serkis is in this. And then I realized who he played. He was completely unrecognizable just because he was so well into the character and just like a rom-com. I think that's what's so good about him that just like in any movie, he's going to like kill it. Just like next level. I don't know. It was amazing to me that like he'd done such a transformative performance that I had no idea who he was that he completely disappeared into the character. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've ever seen him as a human. I, I was trying to think of if I'd seen him play a human. Yeah. I know he plays Black he plays Panther. the cook in King Kong, but uh, anything else. I know what he looks like, but I can't think of anything that he's in. Black Panther. He's in the Marvel films. Oh, yeah, I that's guess, right. But... Black Panther. Yeah. He's also in Inkheart as the bad guy, Didn't which was not a great movie. I don't know what that is. I don't know that. Oh, it's like based off of like those YA novels. Um, That's probably why I haven't heard of it. Yeah. I try and stay away from those. <laughs> I watched it a long time ago when it came out because my siblings were like really into the books. So then we watched the movie, which was not very good, but it had Brendan Fraser in it. Um, I love Brendan Fraser. Probably, probably it wasn't very good. I don't like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Ooh, he does fight, a really fight. good job in Doom Patrol. <laughs> I don't, don't know what that is. But... It's a DC show on the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> the only one worth actually paying for. I thought you liked Titans. I was on there. Titan season two sucked. Oh, I never finished okay. it. <laughs> well, I think the only thing that I like remember Brendan Fraser for no, it's two things. We had two I, DVDs. I have two. I have two, yeah. We had two DVDs when I was little. One was Looney Tunes Back in Action, in which it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but terrible. Like with Brendan Fraser running around with like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. It's a spy <laughs> movie, too. Um, 
And then he was also in the Dudley Do-Right movie. And there's one scene in that movie. This is the only part that I remember the whole thing. It's Brendan Fraser revving a chainsaw while he's interrogating a guy. And the man is understandably terrified. And he says to him, what kind of man are you, Dudley Do-Right? And he says, oh, dangerous one. And then he revs a chainsaw. That's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) You've made it sound really good, but I don't think it's probably not like that. (laughs) He's a weird actor. (laughs) The only thing I've seen Brendan Fraser in that comes to mind is Doom Patrol. So, like... (laughs) He's in the Mummy, the Mummy trilogy, and uh, oh yeah, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is the worst oh. thing. Oh I yeah, ever put ever put on film. So bad. I, I loved that movie as a kid, so <laughs> so did I. But it is really awful, though. <laughs> I remember the megalodons when they're in like the ocean or something. It's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that movie is. Um, I need to revisit that someday. Isn't the rock in the sequel? Yeah, I've never seen the sequel. We owned the sequel, and it's literally never been opened because even as a a kid, I was like, "No." Yeah, it's it's called Journey to the Mysterious Island. Oh yes, I have seen that. That's the one with uh, the guy from Hunger Games. Yeah, and and the rock is like doing that thing with his pecs. Yep, I I always remember that from that movie. I never watched it, but I I it just uh, it transcended my ability to escape it so <laughs> what i remember it's not very good all right well i think we've covered a lot um daniel you said that you had to go for dinner at a certain point if you need an out i think i'm way past that but i do smell pizza okay i was sorry for holding you for longer than that no, that's okay i just hope I-, I convinced anyone who listens to this that you should watch the social network and give it five stars on Letterboxd. Well, thank you for joining us. You've been our wonderful celebrity guest all the way from a foreign country. We're getting international reach now, John. <laughs> wow, crazy. <laughs> I mean, I listened to our podcast when I was over there, so we kind of had international reach, but I was still an American, so didn't really count. I can pull up what, what our numbers in other countries are. Hold on. There might be like one listen in Germany when I was there. <laughs> what if all all the people you were with in Germany just started to listen to it every one single per, one? percent of our listeners are in Germany. Less than one percent in South Korea. <laughs> less than one percent in India, and less than one percent in Ireland. Man, you're not even a percent, Daniel. I, I listened to two episodes. Is that not good? I don't know. We only have like four active <laughs> listeners, so I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know where the people in India are. Who told them? I don't. I have no idea who's in India listening to my podcast. We should have talked about Bollywood. We should start addressing them. The way that we talk to Bobby directly or Miriam, we need to be like, all right, to our Indian listeners next time. <laughs> it's to South our Korea. Indian listener. Who in South Korea? That's great, but who are you? I mean, Bong Can Joon Ho's I... listening. Bong Joon Ho is talking about his movie. Imagine, like... imagine. <laughs> I just, I seriously do want to know who these people are, because um, I write I looked... in, I guess. 
our estimated audience size is just 10 people so oh i thought There's it was higher it. i thought it was 15 it was oh <laughs> we've gone downhill we yeah we did because we're letting on these guests <laughs> i'm sorry guys i'm sorry no you're only the second guest yeah zion was the only other guest yeah you can go back and listen to that episode it was a very different kind of episode what, what did he talk about Oh, Zion, Zion's a girl. Yeah. Oh, oh my she, gosh. She came on and we talked about Stranger Things the whole episode. Oh, I've yeah, we talked it. about season three of it. I've never watched it. I mean, that we was, should. Uh... It's good. It's on Netflix as well. Yeah. But I just, I'll, I, I'll probably never watch it. I mean, the second season is the worst one. But like, the, the second season is, is the best one. Watching, what? <laughs> second season is my favorite, so. Oh, uh, well. The, the first season is... It's hard to get into, but it picks up after the third episode. So, I mean, if you like like '80s movies, watch this because it really nails that feel, and that's what it has going for it. Really, that is what it has going for it. I mean, the cast is likable too. Yeah, they're fine. All right, we'll let you go, Daniel. Yes, I totally missed your your right. Thanks for having me on, though. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I will keep being the one Irish listener. All right. I, I will stick, I'll stick with you. You can, I mean, did JP not listen to it? I thought he was going to listen to it to make fun of me. He probably will listen to this one, and I'll probably get some of my friends to listen as well. So I can boost your numbers. See? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the right guest to have oh, on. Thank I, have you. Contacts. <laughs> I have contacts everywhere. All right. Awesome. Thanks, I think man. it's partially. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Bye. Okay, please. <laughs> I think part of why we don't have very many listeners is because we don't promote it at all. We don't. We don't promote it. I think the only people who know about it are the people who listen to it. So. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, I enjoy doing it either way. Yeah. I mean. And I mean, I, it I really it. fosters a sense of like you're in the know if you listen to it. Like you, you've got something special because not very many people know about it. It's very exclusive. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> that I mean, that's what we can tell ourselves. Like our podcast isn't bad and unknown. It's exclusive. <laughs> I just enjoy making it. So I mean if you enjoy listening to it, thank you very much. But should we talk about anything else now that we've gotten that idiot out of the way? Yeah, I mean if now that that doofus is gone. If you want to talk about something, we can talk for a little while. We should just talk about him the whole time. Just make fun of him. Right? Idiot. <laughs> this will be fun when he when he gets to listen to it after it comes out. Uh, you're not an idiot. You were fine. That's I wouldn't have gotten nice this person. far into it just hearing myself talk. Because I always listen and stop about halfway. Really? Yeah. I'm like, that is about enough of hearing me talk. I'll think of that I phrase something like really well or eloquently when I was doing it. And then I'll listen back and I'll be like, that was incoherent. Like, I don't know what I was saying. I will, I, when I'm editing it, I will be listening and I'll be like, when, when do we get to the point where we talk about this and it'll never come up. And I'll be like, I could have sworn we had a discussion about this specific thing. And it just, it never happened. So 
I think sometimes that'll happen because like we'll keep talking after we're done recording. Yeah, yeah, that does happen sometimes. <laughs> um, let's see. What have what have I been doing? I baked cookies yesterday. They were very good. Um, I've kept saying that I've been cooking a lot to people when they ask like what I'm doing in quarantine. And then I saw a tweet the other day that was saying, yes, everyone's been cooking in quarantine. It's because they made restaurants illegal. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. I've yeah. been called out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's been fun though. I've done a lot more cooking, but recently I've been doing a lot less cooking because I just got tired of it, but you know. Gave up. You lack commitment. I do. I do. I watched The Lovebirds the other day, that Kamel Nanjiani movie that was on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I watched it mostly because it had Moses Storm in it. Uh, I don't think I know who people that listening, is. Yeah, people probably don't know because um, he's like not super famous or anything. But he's a stand-up comedian who performed on Conan a few times, and his sets are really, really good. So he's one of my favorite comedians. And then I was like, oh, he's in this movie. I should watch it. And he was hands down the best part of it because he played like a, a frat boy that they interrogate. And it's that scene is just so funny. Uh, <laughs> they... <laughs> When they're interrogating him, they call him Mini Brett Kavanaugh. They call him Date Rape McGee. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, just that scene is worth watching. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll go dig through and find that scene then. There's also like, I haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut, but there's like an extended Eyes Wide Shut sequence in the movie, which was really weird because i knew what they were referencing yeah but you hadn't without seen having it. Yeah. seen it um that was strange yeah i watched under the skin oh i've been wanting to see that it wasn't bad i just uh, i didn't enjoy it personally but then I tried to watch her. Ooh, that's a good movie. I couldn't get through it. I'll probably watch it. I I think I've gotten less and less tolerant of slow-paced movies. Like that's, that's the that. main problem I had with Under the Skin is it was just so slow. It just it just dragged and dragged. It was so boring. I I don't know. I've been meaning to watch it because it was one that um, Edgar Wright had recommended on Twitter because he's been doing those throughout yeah, quarantine. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I think Scarlett Johansson is a good actress. It sounds interesting. Yeah, she does a good job. Know. It's a fine movie. I just feel like it would have been better as a short. Okay. Yeah, there are some movies where I think like the concept was good, but there's not enough meat to it to extend it into full movies. It like could have even, it could have even just been an hour, like just an hour, ninety minutes, even. Huh. Make it make it an hour and a half, 
I think it's an hour 45. It's just, it's just ever so slightly too long. Oh, I've been rewatching uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, now that that's on Netflix. And I feel like this is just going to become, I'm going to become one of those people who are constantly rewatching The Office, but just with Avatar, The Last Airbender. Because it's such a good show. Like it's, I, I almost started it, but then I saw that every episode is like an hour. And it's what? got 20 episodes per season. Episodes are like 20 minutes, John. Aren't they like 45? No, not at all. All right, maybe I'm mixing things. I don't know. I just was I was just realizing how long it is. There's like 20 episodes a season. But, but there are three seasons. It's not that long. I have to watch Homecoming. Homecoming? Season two. What is that? Uh, So it's a show based on a fictional podcast directed by uh, Sam Esmail. Oh, what service is that on? I think you told me about that. It's on Prime, which you don't have. No, I don't. Yeah. Season one was good. Season two has Janelle Monae in it, so we'll see. She's a very, like, hit or miss actress. Sometimes she's really good. Other times she's just not. Yeah, she's the reason I haven't started season two yet. I just, I can't. Um, I talked to you and Bobby about this a while ago, but the best episode of The Twilight Zone, I figured out what it's called in case you want to watch it. It's called A Nice Place to Visit. It, I found it because I was like, oh, I should rewatch that episode. It's super cheesy at some points, but I feel like all like old things are in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just like a really cool idea for a short film and... I've been meaning to watch the Twilight Zone because I know it's. I probably would really like it. I just never gotten around to watching it. I think that something that's really cool about all these things that are like made back then is they have a very specific style that I don't think is ever like replicated well. Because I think a lot of it comes from the limitations that they had that aren't limitations now. Yeah. So then it gives it a certain feel. And I think that would be a really cool idea for like trying to recreate that style in a modern movie, um, that feel and giving yourself like the same limitations. I I think that could be a really cool concept idea for a movie. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I think, I think giving yourself limitations beyond the ones you actually have can often help you make something more stylized in a, in an interesting way. Yeah. I've had a lot of ideas about like movies recently. I've been trying to like flash them about and make them into scripts. Um, there was one that I was uh, thinking about the other day where it was like a, um, like a televangelist like pastor who like he'll tour and like be on the road giving like sermons and stuff. Yeah. But then, like, um, it's like a front for, like, a crime syndicate. I think that would be really cool. 
that sounds that he uses his like connections and with like the wealthy and the powerful and is traveling throughout the country to oversee his organized crime syndicate throughout the US. Um, I think that would be a cool like um, period piece, um, like fictional biopic. It'd be interesting. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really been coming up with any like new stuff. I did finish the short film I was working on. It's it's only like 40 seconds. I'll send it to me. I'll, I'll watch it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to post it eventually. Uh, it's a little bit cheesy, um, which I'm disappointed by, but I think in general, the main problem I have is I just need to create things to... <laughs> to get better at them. And so that's what I'm trying to do. So I'll post it because I'm, I'm not proud of it, but I'll post it. So recently I've been thinking a lot about like what makes things like cheesy. And I've realized I really like things that are like over the top and cheesy in a certain way. Um, this is more in context to like music for me because my favorite album is probably Samstown by the Killers. And that it's so like over the top and like grandiose and just sometimes ridiculous. Just like how there's one song, my favorite song on it is Why Do I Keep Counting? And then it ends with like this huge like timpani drum thing. And I don't know, I think that the that if you nail like a cheesy feel, it can be like such a unique sensation i think the arctic monkeys do that really well too on uh uh serenity base hotel and casino um i don't know i've been thinking a lot about that and how they that can be a very specific style that i like a lot yeah yeah i think that does apply to film too if you if you go for that style and you you try and play it up as much as possible it can be really interesting and i think that that applies to a lot of things too like if you're going for a specific style and it's what you intended then regardless of whether or not it comes off as like well made or professional it can be very good like something that comes to mind a lot is like indie music music videos where they're often like purposefully like cheap looking you know what i mean yeah and i think that 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 that's really cool that any style can be enjoyable as long as it's like within a style and intentional yeah i don't know i don't know what i wanted to say about that i just i've been thinking about it a lot no it's interesting it definitely is it I think I was trying to be really serious with this short film and I I wanted something that I'm just not able to achieve for two reasons. One being I'm completely inexperienced and the second being I'm the only actor I had. So I'm sorry. I'm not very good at acting for myself, which I, I know that's the same problem you ran into <laughs> is it's really hard to act alone without yeah. without anyone there. So I feel that it's, I think I feel it's more cheesy than someone else might simply because I'm so close to it. 
but I, think, I, I don't know. I've realized that I don't like acting if it's filmed. I don't like there to be any evidence of like a performance that I've done because like if I'm there performing something live, then I'll be very happy with it. How I remember it. I'm like, Oh, I did a good job. Right. And then the feedback, I'll get feedback from other people. But if I have to watch myself back and critique what I did, then I'm going to be so much more hard on myself. Yeah. Well, I think several professional actors recently have made similar comments. Like I know, um, uh, Adam driver is notorious for not watching his own films because he hates watching himself act. He was on a, an interview where they were going to play back a piece of uh marriage story. And he just straight up left the interview. Cause he was like, no, I won't, I won't watch it. I, yeah. I like the way that I remember doing it, but I don't want to watch it. Like, yeah. And even like, I'll see like pictures from shows that I was in. And then I'll be like, Oh, I, what am I doing? I just look ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Cause I, it's weird. Cause I love performing so much, but I think that it, for me, it's just something I prefer doing like once and then never seeing it again. Yeah. I'm a bit of a narcissist. So, um, I enjoy watching recordings of myself, but I, I don't particularly care for my own acting. So I think it's just like a weird complex for me. That's also like why I never like post pictures of myself on my Instagram or like videos that have me. It just makes me cringe. Like I, I can't, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Those are things I've been thinking about recently. Anything that's been on your mind, John? Not really. Mostly just the the short film, which I've decided is good enough, and I'm gonna do that. And I, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. We need to hire some actors. We need to find a place to hire actors, just so we don't have to be in our short films. <laughs> <laughs> for for the next one, I definitely if once this is all over i definitely want to at least enlist some friends to do acting but probably hire some people too yeah yeah i need to i think i need to write something once we're out of this we should set a deadline for the the motel short absolutely and then that can be something for our listeners to look forward to i think we should really try and make the motel short be like the best it can possibly be um i i think that there's there's two two ways that we could go wrong on this trying to make it perfect and never making it or just not caring about it and yeah making a piece of crap so i think we need to try our best to make something but then just release it and that's what i did with this this too is my my theory is you have to make crap to make good stuff so yeah. we need to just make it the best we can and then release it whether it's good or not. So that's my theory, watched, at least. I watched Christopher Nolan's like original short film, like what he did before he'd made any big movies, Doodlebug. Um, I didn't like it. I was like, this wasn't very good. 
it was just kind of mediocre. And then I was like, and that's like really something that I was like, oh, that's comforting that even Christopher Nolan has a dud in his like back catalog, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of my favorite directors that you can go back and watch their shorts on YouTube and they're not good. And you can see that they get better, but you just have to make it because you learn from the experience. So that's, that's what we need to, to do. We need to just make something. But then there's freaking Taika Waititi, who is for a short film nominated for an Oscar. Just. <laughs> That's inspiring to me too, though. Cause like he, he didn't do that until he was already like in his thirties. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's been a good episode, but we should probably end it here. Yeah. That's probably been... a good ending point. All right. All right. So long. Thank you for listening. This has been a terrible place to live and it will continue to be a terrible place to live. Bye. Farewell.